You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Oh, man. I would be embarrassed if I actually put that in a feature film. <laughs> Bond is such a good spy, by the way, that he uh, he could really think of good aliases on the spot. I mean, when he told the guy he was Mickey Mouse, that was good <laughs> spying, my yeah. friend. Leia Seydoux uh, enters as the main Bond girl. Uh, her name was Madeline Swan. I'm thinking of Billy Madison. Stop looking at me, Swan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, please. That was great. That I was just, very entertaining. I don't know. I was just imagining Daniel Craig yelling that. Yeah. In the Adam Sandler level, was, yeah, yeah. you just see Daniel Craig in his little sweater and his pants. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> oh, God. Why didn't you pull the machines? Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, there is. An infallible way. They won. What's a casino? People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot? Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you... Would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? Don't remember. See if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an accent. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter. Fucking no. dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. What happened? Did your, did your balls drop off? <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Welcome into episode number 39 of Film Tank. My name is Alex Diekman, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing the new James Bond film, Spectre. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> the other... do, 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 do. This is the whole episode right here. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. What else is there to say about this movie? Ooh, Ooh. shots fired. Ooh. <laughs> the other two voices you hear are the usual characters, which are Nick Cheney and Tucson Egan. Happy to be here. You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Oh, man. I would be embarrassed if I actually put that in a feature film. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into particulars uh, here in just, uh, just a couple minutes. Uh, just a, a reminder, uh, as we, we usually do on the show, uh, you can always uh, email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com and find our episodes on filmtankshow.com or iTunes or Stitcher as well, and you can always get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Film Tank Show. Forensics finally released this. What is it? Personal effects they recovered from Skyfall. You've got a secret. 
something you can't tell anyone because you don't trust anyone. I always knew death would wear a familiar face, but not yours. I was at a meeting recently and your name came on. Flattered London are still talking about me. It wasn't MI6. You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Welcome, James. It's been a long time. And finally, here we are. So let's jump right into the uh, the new James Bond film Spectre, which was directed by Sam Mendes, his uh, second go-around at the James Bond series after directing Skyfall in 2012. Daniel Craig returns as James Bond. Also, uh, the main players in this film are Christoph Waltz, who is the, uh, the, the main villain. Also, Leia Seydoux uh, enters as the main Bond girl. Uh, her name was Madeline Swan. And uh, some other characters who were in some of the other films. <laughs> what? I'm thinking of Billy Madison. Stop looking at me, Swan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just, please. That was great. That was just, very entertaining. I don't know. I was just imagining Daniel Craig yelling that. Yeah. In, in the Adam Sandler level, was, yeah, yeah. you just see Daniel Craig in his little sweater and his pants. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Ray Fiennes returns uh, as he is M now, as Judy Dench has been excused from the series. Uh, yeah. Ben Wishaw uh, is back as Q. Uh, Naomi Harris uh, returns as Money Penny, and then we get some new characters in here, uh, sort of. Uh, Monica Bellucci uh, shows <laughs> up for about fourteen seconds. Who is not the main Bond girl? No, that was some bad advertising there. Uh, and uh, the main. Uh, well, you didn't think they were going to let somebody over forty be a Bond girl? <sighs> no, she was just a pawn. Uh, and uh, Dave Bautista, who's uh, best known uh, either as a WWE wrestler or as Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, is here as Mr. Hinks, which I don't that think they... That was his name? That was his name? I don't think they ever say his name, no. but that's a cool name. I wish Drax was in this movie. <laughs> well, that would have been a little bit of a departure from what the series has usually <laughs> yeah. done. Uh, but he is here uh, and uh, playing more of a, a straight uh, James Bond sort of goon in this film. With a quirk. Well, yeah. Uh, the plot, is, and again, this is coming from IMDb, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> a, cri- a cryptic message from James Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover a sinister organization. Wait, what's... I'm sorry, but we just have to stop right here. Yeah. W- what is that cryptic message? I guess it would be uh, Judy Dench's message she leaves for him. That's not very cryptic. I mean, that's no. like... Again, this is, this is IMDb. <laughs> I think it was pretty cryptic. She was just like, if I die... Then you have to go, and you got to kill this guy, yeah. and then you got to yeah. like go to the funeral. More like a cryptic retcon shows up at James Bond's door. <laughs> finishing anyway. the uh, <laughs> finishing the uh, plot detail here from IMDb. While M battles political forces to keep the secret service alive, Bond must peel back the layers of deceit to reveal the terrible truth behind Spectre. Ooh. In all caps, too. <laughs> well, yeah. it is an organization. Maybe we need to start thinking about writing our own. 
subplots for yeah, these yeah. films. That we might have, be more. We could have fun with that. I, I think we would, and also it wouldn't be as obnoxious as these IMDb ones are. Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I know that uh, there have been a wide range of opinions on this film. There have been a few people out there who thought this was terrific, which I'm not exactly sure what they were watching. And there have been uh, a good number of people out there who thought this was a big pile of steaming cow shit. So uh, let's no, see. cow shit can be used as manure. Ah, so let's see where everybody <laughs> can is. actually build a civilization off of it. Okay, you are going hard. Right I was going to say, I guess uh, I just wanted to make a cow shit joke. I guess we'll just start with Nick because it sounds like he will uh, he will be on the uh, the negative end of the straw. For what this, uh, gives film. you that impression? Uh, and oh. yeah, just and I'll just I guess just to start off is I, I, Nick is not a huge Bond fan necessarily, but he did enjoy the last film. I did, as I, most people did. I've enjoyed a, quite a few Bond films. I just don't enjoy them in practice. Like I, I enjoyed Casino Royale all the way up until the last thirty minutes, uh, and I enjoyed uh, Skyfall pretty much in its entirety. Like that's definitely pretty much the peak of what I like about Bond. Um, but I've also seen quite a few Conneries, almost all the Bronsons, and I know I've seen a Roger Moore in there somewhere. Did um, you see the George Lazenby one? No. No, didn't did catch not. that one? No. Um, and I I think my favorite, yeah. I, I won't go into like my thoughts about the franchise as a whole or anything like that, because that's a whole other conversation in, yeah. in general. But no, I've never been particularly drawn into the, the, uh, the world of male espionage which features no espionage but a lot of women and a lot of betting them uh a lot of drinking yeah a lot of explosions exactly a lot of assassinating yeah a lot of disproportionate force but uh but specter okay so if i enjoyed skyfall like i said i did which i did (laughs) um specter in my opinion should have been not like a home run but it should have like, there, there was no reason why I should not have liked this movie. Uh, the reason why I didn't, though, is because this was a film that, unlike Skyfall, like, okay, Skyfall, you, there's a lot of revel- revelations about uh, James Bond's past and whatnot, and not a lot, but a lot more than your average Bond film, so to speak, uh, whether it's his childhood home or, you know, some of the other stuff. Or his parents. His parents, uh this film, for some reason, like they thought that that was the best part of Skyfall. Let's go around the block again. And yeah, and let's magnify it by a million times because this film was a film that was both in conversation with uh, Bond, the franchise, and also with the continuity of just Daniel Craig's Bond. And when you try to have a conversation with both of those series at the same time, it gets so fucking twisted that it becomes pointless and meaningless, which is kind of what I felt about this entire film. I thought... There was just nothing in this film that like made me want to keep watching it, which is a really sad statement to say. And I know I don't normally like action films, but like I was waiting for action to happen in this movie, and it barely ever did. I think the only genuine action scene is the the train fight, which I actually did moderately enjoy because that's like actual action people are. But when you have James Bond and uh, scrotum whatever his name is uh in the helicopter scalia whatever <laughs> um, and they're like just wiggling around in a helicopter and it's going on for fucking 10 minutes and that's all they're doing is like oh now we're gonna fall out of this store <laughs> now we're gonna fall out of this store <laughs> or you know he 
uh, he, he's on the crumbling building and he fucking falls on a couch and the only thing that was missing was a slide whistle going, uh, can, I, can I just uh, interject really quickly that the guy behind me in the theater thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like he was belly laughing at the employee. Like, <laughs> I'm sure Holy fuck, man. he no, was. No, it was real. I, there was nobody at my theater, which says a lot. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, opening weekend too, right? No, well, it was Monday night, oh, so closed. technically, but yes, they closed still. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, there's just nothing like if if it would have had mindless action in here, like because okay, like if we're really gonna get technical, okay, there's the opening scene which has the helicopter kind of battle. There is the train fight, and then is there another action scene? Like literally, like tell me what the other action scene because that's. Ten minutes, maybe cumulative total of a two and a half hour film. There are a lot more chase scenes in this film than actually. Okay, scenes. there's a chase scene that is correct. Uh, th- that's the scene we're referring to when uh, Bond goes to t- use a weapon, but he accidentally turns on the radio, and it's like, ah. Oh. That was another thing. Why in this first forty minutes does this film try to be funny? Like the Bond films of the past, like in like the you know. Roger Moore or whatever, they were funny, but almost in a ridiculous manner that they didn't realize that they were, f- like, we were laughing at them, not with them. Uh, like, with the double-take bird and, uh, I forget which, Moonraker or something, like, you know, like, where just things should not happen to do. Whereas this was, like, actively trying to make him go beyond quips and into, like, oh, I'm just a jokester over here. I don't, <laughs> Can't I don't, keep me down. I don't think... I don't think the Daniel Craig incarnation of James Bond has been funny, and I think that's totally fine. He's anything. No, but I know, funny. but this film may try to make a deliberate. I know, and I think that you need to you need to go with that from yes. the first time, and not just try to sneak it in because you've already defined this character. There are a few funny moments in Skyfall that honestly worked because they were rooted in emotional. But that's angst. the thing; his character can be funny, right? But he like. He cannot he try to be funny. He cannot deliver right. funny lines yes. on a consistent basis. Because when I'm thinking of like in Skyfall, like when he does the uh, the psychological test, and they're like, "What do you think of when you see this?" This, and then you see the letter M, and he says, "Bitch," you know, like right. it's these little moments that are both cutting but also funny because mm-hmm. it, it works, and that you know you you blink and it's gone. But when you have moments in uh, Inspector where uh, where Q shows him a car, like literally brings he's like, "I want to show you this," and then shows him the car, and then says. But it's not for you. This is for 009. <laughs> Here's a watch. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, I liked Ben Wishaw in that scene. No, I, I like Ben Wishaw. He, play, he played it well. Yes, he was actually the only... I thought Ben Wishaw was the best part of the yes, film. Yes, I agree, because he was the only person who actually felt like he wanted to be there. Like Daniel Craig, <laughs> Ray Fiennes. Everybody else in this movie I thought was dreadful. Even Christoph Waltz, who was trying. Like, the guy is made to be a Bond villain, and yet they gave him like the worst character at least I would say the worst material uh, to, to, to work with because A, he doesn't really show up uh, except for in shadows in the beginning, but he doesn't really show up until like the last half hour, which is really no fun if you have Christoph Waltz. I think I mean, the problem was uh, with Christoph Waltz's character, and I didn't even necessarily dislike his character. Uh, I, I didn't care for the way that they used him at some points, as you're kind of alluding to, Nick. I think the problem was, is he's supposed to be this overarching villain, which they tried to do <clears throat> uh, in Quantum of Solace 2, and that was a colossal failure. Uh, but when you have this idea of this overarching villain, instead of being a direct villain, it seems like they, they just had so much... Like, it was so much easier to 
latch on to what Javier Bardem was doing because he was so much more involved with the story. He was actually present in the scene. But that's the whole point. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that they tried to have Christoph Waltz be this sort of ominous octopus-like figure that he's playing the strings and How about playing that the tentacle orchestra. porn in the credits. <laughs> I actually kind of liked it. Uh, um, oh. No, I just I that's literally the first person I've heard say that. Like not really about the movie, but I like I don't I haven't heard a single person praise the opening credits. Yeah, I want to talk about those opening credits. <laughs> okay, that's fine. No, I just that's why I was. Surprised. I didn't didn't hate it. Yeah, but I that, that's well. okay. Yeah. Uh, all I'm saying about Christoph Waltz's character is that I feel like he is so disconnected from what the story was trying to do, and I think that was done on purpose because they are trying to make his character be this larger than life above everyone figure that it was hard to connect with him as a character and it was done intentionally and it was done incorrectly intentionally. I yeah. I mean, he was like the, the villainous equivalent of like Mr. Burns, you know, like it's just, Ooh, like he just snaps his fingers and then like, that's, that's the, the, the extent of his menacing and until he fucking drills a head or drills a hole and in, in James Bond's head for no real reason. Like, like I guess it was torture, but like he makes one illusion that like he's going to forget everything, but then he doesn't. He doesn't, or yeah, that, does that, he? That was weird. Because... That literally makes no sense. Like I, yeah. the re- it, it feels like the writers stopped writing midway through that scene and like went for a coffee break, and when they picked it back up, they forgot what scene they were on. So then they just like, oh yeah, well we'll just pick it up from here, and like because it's yeah, two because different halves. they actually went through with the thing drilling in and under the explanation, he should not have his memory anymore. Right. So is, are we trying to say, cause I'm just going to speculate here. So is there a possibility speculate. that, that, that scene is actually like, is this like minority report? Like everything after that drill, like didn't actually exist or something. And he didn't, he thought that she was Vesper or something like that. Like, is that what they were going for? Cause I could honestly see, not because I think that would make it work, but like, if that's what they were going for, because otherwise it makes no sense. Why have a monologue explaining? No, because it wouldn't make sense at all, because not only would he not, he wouldn't have memory of anybody, is the way I was taking it. Like, he wouldn't know who people were. He wouldn't be able yeah. to access that part of his brain. That's true. So, he wouldn't, like, that. Like he still knows who it is. So, it, it makes that part of the story totally doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. Um, so really quickly, to go through a few more things that I could not stand, I thought the visuals were horrible. Um, I thought... The I thought the Mexico City opening sequence visually like painted the rest of the movie into a corner of what it had to look like because they were not going to branch off of this like uh, I've heard people refer to it as like Gordon Willis esque uh, you know Godfather drab you know cornstalk kind of uh, haziness uh, but once you get past the Mexico City scene which is the rest of the movie <laughs> uh, it's it's so bad that it's it's so ugly because this haziness only works if a there's a point there's not a point in here like as much as I want the James Bond films to be visually artistic look at the way Roger Deakins did it in Skyfall which doesn't call attention to itself other than the fact that wow that's a gorgeous shot but we're not trying to tie this into like you know James Bond's mood or whatever he just fucking played around with colors and mirrors and you know like and, and windows and those kind of things like um, but here we have visuals that are literally getting in the way of like simple aesthetic uh, 
problems like when uh there's a scene when he's with monica bellucci's character and it's kind of night out and because of the haziness instagram filter that he puts on this film at one point the 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 movie plays with focus by going from the background of the foreground of monica bellucci's face and daniel craig's face and you can't even see uh daniel craig's face when it goes into focus on daniel craig's face because it's so poorly lit and mixed in with the stupid instagram uh you know, golden heat. Well, and that was just—I mean, <clears throat> I guess you will—you would have to say it's intentional, but oh no, it, it is intentional. But but but, but the problem with bad. that is that yeah, he's kind of drifting in and out of focus, and uh, I guess I don't really—I'm kind of with you that I don't really get the point of that necessarily. Right, and so that's what I mean as far as painting themselves into a corner because it worked for the opening scene, it didn't work for the rest of the movie, in my can, opinion. Can I also say something too? And this coming from me, and I'm. Um, you know, I'm I'm more of the opinion that I enjoyed the film. Uh, I want to know where they spent that 350 million dollars. You don't know the the fucking the shot the of the explosion. Like I literally, when I was watching that scene, and, uh, I <laughs> all of a sudden the when uh, Madeline and uh, James are like staring at each other, and then all of a sudden the entire compound starts blowing up. I had this like very quick thought process where I was like, first I'm like, oh, great, an explosion, woohoo. And then all of a sudden it's like a dawning of a realization where I'm like, oh my God, that's that's practical effect. Like that's yeah. like that looks good. That, 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 <laughs> but, that, that costs $200 million. Well, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, that's what they spend all their money on. And then I'm like, and then it made me hate the effect too because then I'm like, that's, it's over. Like, it's like great that it looked cool for five seconds, but let's put a little more effort into every other fucking aspect of this movie. What a great I, money shot. Literally I'm, a money shot. I'm sure that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that that had to be where some of the money went, but that can't be where it all went. So yeah, I mean, visually I thought this was ugly and I, I'm totally fine with going with like bad writing or like, you know, lazy plotting because the James Bond cinematic franchise has never been entertaining in the way that they're satisfying. Like they're entertaining because they're they, they're just ridiculous most of the time, and and that's what's fun. This movie does not want to be ridiculous because it's trying to take itself so seriously, which Skyfall once again does, but it also had villains to back it up, uh, a backstory to actually relate to. This movie tries so hard to tie it back into all the other Bond films that it forgets to write the Bond film that is actually, uh, you know, enveloping in this movie. So I feel like that whole last half hour when Blofeld spells it all out, that, you know, he was basically in charge of all the villains that ever caused him pain, like he literally says, and all that, like, that took away from so much of this own movie is like, I don't know, point, because then it's like, okay, so you just made it a two and a half hour movie to explain that one guy was pulling the string like this like if you're aspiring to be the saw franchise and your continuity that's a very bad thing because those are not good movies as far as like stop trying to tie everything together and i think that's also kind of trickle down effect from things like marvel cinematic universes and the the for some reason overemphasis on serialization these days both in television and film so i feel like that's where something like the mission impossible franchise gets right because those movies are only subtly connected. Like, there are connections that you can obviously weave in through, but for the most part, whenever, you, you know, director steps into a new movie of those kind of things, um, you know, they just, they're their own adventure. Therefore, they get to actually do espionage. They get to actually, you know, globetrot. And I get that they're also different franchises. One is built on, you know, just uh, patriarchy defeats all and the other one is um you know like more of a teamwork meets like hitchcockian kind of thrill ride type thing um but it's still it should not be this 
I just was surprised that, in my opinion, Spectre failed so bad. It even failed as a Bond movie, which is the worst thing you can do because Bond movies are not my cup of tea. But if you can't even, uh, you know, make yourself worthy of the Bond entry, then you've completely lost me. So I, I have more to probably say, but I'll pass it off. Okay, so I want to go see this with my dad. And I'm sure he loved it. Actually, he did love it. Yes, yes. But <laughs> yep. I was excited because, like, oh man, we're finally gonna like go in the theater. We're gonna see a great movie, and it was like we're gonna get the popcorn, get a drink. It's like, man, we're gonna sit down and watch this. I came out, and I was very sullen. <laughs> My dad asked me, he's like, "Hey, did you like that?" And I was like, "Man, Skyfall was such a good movie. <laughs> Skyfall was such a great movie." He's like, "What the fuck happened?" Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not happy to say that I didn't like. Spectre. I just, I wanted to really like, I was really looking forward to this film. It was like one of the big films that I was really looking forward to. But everyone, all the characters are so bad at their jobs except for Q. Like Bond, like typically is like, he's the guy who has to always like explode something or do some, some really poor shit. The, the, he's the, a renegade agent. He's, he's the renegade agent. Ray Fiennes can't like hold his house together for, for shit. And, and Christoph Waltz's character, like echoing your sentiment, Nick, like he's just wasted in this role. He's so wasted. I, there's only one line of, of, his, of his dialogue that I remember, and it's so forgettable. It's like he's, he's sitting in the white room. He's like torturing Bond with, uh, with, with the drill chair. And for some reason, like the, 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 his, his love his love interest is like sitting right next to him for some reason, just because like she's there to witness it. Yeah, and he says something. And I don't just, think she's tied up. She's just, yeah, she's not tied up. She's just which sitting. I mean I get because you know like yeah. they're, they're menacing, but it just looks ridiculous. Like, I wanted her to like start like folding her arms. Like, yeah, do I have to sit here for that much longer? Like did did something elapse in the time that like Bond like was knocked out that he told her something that now she like turns on him now? Like I thought that was gonna happen, but it didn't. And he's just like cuckoo. Cool, cool. I was like, "What the fuck is this happening? What what's going on?" Well, that was a reference to when he said it earlier, right? I at get the uh, at the the Spectre meeting. He literally says "cuckoo, cuckoo." I don't know why, but I don't know what it ref- refers to uh, beyond that. Yeah, I I just I I, I miss a movie calling back to its own emptiness, <laughs> just howling into the void, just howling into the void. Yeah, um, going back. Um, one thing that I really do enjoy about Bond films, like I've only seen like a couple of ones, like in Daniel Craig and like Pierce Brosnan and stuff like that. But I really enjoy opening title sequences. Like when I think back to like um, Skyfalls, where it's just like him just like being dragged down into the ocean by this like female hand into a sinkhole, and then you have like these blood pools that are just like coalescing into like coral, and then it like evaporates into to like a, a mirror show, showdown between him like facing off against himself and then you have like meteorites like striking the spec the 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 skyfall house and there's like the deer statues like that's fucking badass and what did this have this this had like fire explosions and and a, a dark octopus just like stroking daniel craig's naked body and two people who turn out that like one of the people is not even monica Bellucci. it's it's the other girl Oh, Which I thought right. was bullshit. Why? She's, like, she's, she's, like, the, she's the main Bond character. I wanted Monica. You mean Bull- like it was bullshit that like that like there was false advertising? That was on, that was false advertisement. I actually wa- yeah. I wanted like Monica Bellucci to like be more front and center for this, and that's like, the I, second I did time until done I this. saw her scene, and then I wanted that to be over with immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's just was... like I, I I couldn't get behind <laughs> that sequence. Because I don't think anybody, including her, was doing a good acting job in this, other than Ben Whishaw. I thought uh, 
Dave Bautista's character, Mr. Hicks, which I did not know his name until you just told me, yep. Alex. Um, I thought his character was dumb. I thought he was a he, he's he's a serviceable like Bond henchman like bad guy guy, and he's like he, he has fucking like razor blades that are like grafted into his like thumbs, and he like gouges somebody's eyes out. And I and I wanted to that actually to come back to like when that was weirdly a- gross for a Bond film. Like I'm sorry, but Bond has always uh, as a franchise been very cartoonish with its violence. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it was gory in the sense that it didn't like like <laughs> we're not like talking ketchup. Yeah, I mean you just ketchup. saw like the ones But I'm saying as far as like the, blood, the way yeah. it like lingers on that shot and they like whatever. Like there's just something about that that felt like they were taking the whole the Daniel Craig's tenure as Bond is fucking serious bros. Uh like just serious a little bros. too far because like I, I don't know i guess i don't want to see somebody get their eyes like gouged out for a good uninterrupted 20 seconds when i'm watching a bound film and, and that so. that quirk never comes back he never does that again in a bond fight and i wanted it to happen and it's just like why the fuck did i have to see that then why did i have to see him gouge somebody's eye out with his thumbs other than to shows like i'm serious business guys yeah yeah uh... i think that's what they were going for with that <laughs> yeah i think they suck um yeah, I have nothing else to say. Bond about. is such a good spy, by the way, that he uh, he could really think of good aliases on the spot. I mean, when he told the guy he was Mickey Mouse, that was good <laughs> spying, my yeah. friend. Oh, there was one thing that I really enjoyed. Towards the end. <laughs> oh, God. Towards, towards what did the... I say that reminded you of something that you enjoyed? <laughs> towards the end, uh, what's the name of the uh, the real Bond girl? Le- Lea Sadu? Yeah, that's mean... her That's her real name. A real name. I don't write her. Madeline, Madeline Swan. Swan. Madeline Swan. Okay, yeah. Madeline. Mad- I think I said, I think you said the correct name, which is Madeline. Mad- Madeline Swan, and I said Madeline Swan. I think you said Madeline earlier. Okay. I'm just, so just going to go in the corner right when, now. <laughs> when Bond and Swan like finally meet up with uh, Q and the rest of the, the guys, and they're going to head out to like take down... Uh, Moriarty from Sherlock's like who is so bad in this movie yeah like he's good at Moriarty but apparently he needs like a theatrical role because he's like a Nick Cage if he's not shouting he's whispering and therefore if he and if he's whispering he's really bad that's just another like character actor who like this this entire film is just he's wasted on this film it's like when they're just about to like split off like Madeline like turns to to 007 and says like I can't do this anymore and I was like I've already seen like where this this goes like I have to like leave you and I was like and I thought that was cool because usually it's Bond who loves them and leaves them and then I thought it's like oh wow now he'll actually like have to like take stock of like how his life and how his actions affects the people that he loves or that he tries to love and that maybe there's something fundamental just like like just fucked up with him that he's unable to do that but then she ends up getting captured i'm just like why the fuck did you just leave her to get captured i'm just like have you not played this fucking game before do you not know that they're not going to like fucking like kidnap her and use her as fucking leverage i mean you're going up against a guy who has like a fucking mass surveillance network and you think he doesn't know that you're here i i have a question for both of you because i genuinely don't know so really quickly explain to me what what the ending like uh, as far as what Blofeld, uh, basically, <laughs> explain to me what happens in that compound. Like, when Bond goes to find Blofeld and then realizes that Madeline is there as well. Like, when he's putting up the pictures of the villain, like, that was the most hollow, like, Bond villain moment I think I've ever seen. Like, I, I just don't understand what did he think, like, so he was going there, what, to kill him? To kill Blofeld? He, uh, he was... He was- 
Yeah, I think that was okay. Bring, so he's going there to kill going him. There, going there to, to whatever he was going to find there. Yeah. Okay, well, exactly. Like he, whatever he was going to find. <laughs> he was there. going like, there to know, save Madeline. He was no, he going, but he didn't, he didn't know. He didn't even know she was there. That's what oh, I mean. Uh, he doesn't. She, yeah, he doesn't know. So well, what is the point of him going there? So okay, if it's to kill him. Okay, so apparently this villain has rigged the entire place with explosives. Um, also created a nice little uh, pass for him where he spray paints on the wall like Jigsaw uh, as to uh, uh, you know where he should go. Um, and then he, he walks through a room where he sees what, what I imagine is Blofeld three hours prior was on Wikipedia and Googling Bond villains of, uh, of Daniel Craig's franchise and printing off on his HP laser jet of it just like, Daintily, uh typing uh, or uh, taping the, those pictures up, uh, and then and then M is also yeah. on, the, on the wall as well, and then he walks into a room where they're separated by glass, and then it's just like that. That is the most anticlimactic Bond ending, maybe. I've, I mean, uh, other ones I've seen. Did obviously. you like the bullet holes that's that splayed out into the actual like Spectre logo, just like in the poster? Oh boy, that's a. Uh... That was cute, I guess. But so, I just don't I, – nothing about this movie makes sense. And not in the typical Bond way where everything's just kind of ridiculous and fun. Like it's just this movie tries so hard to justify its own existence. And it does that because whoever wrote it like decided that callbacks and like you know serialization would do it but then forgot to – it's just it, – literally the ending baffles me. I, I have no idea what the point of the entire last 30 minutes of – because is it to set up Daniel Craig's next film? Well, they left the the antagonist alive, so I figured – They left the antagonist alive. Yeah. And it also seems like they're they're setting up for another like Bond, James Bond gets a wife, which I haven't seen, but I hear is the – one of the more notable plot lines of a past Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, so, like, are they going down that road, or is this truly a like a, a, a cap to Daniel Craig's? I was going to say, I feel like what the ending does, and if you if you don't like it, that is totally fine. Yeah. But I feel like if you are a filmmaker and you are the production company and you are whoever the studio, whatever. You want to cover all your bases with the ending of this film because you do not know if Daniel Craig is going to return. You do not have any inkling as to what the even, the problem with that though, and the problem in the thinking of that is that I know that there is a film that they are supposed to start production on next year, and the next James Bond film is supposed to come out like quickly, like within a year and a half or two years. So that's the the issue I would take with that because I feel like if this was seriously they did not know what it's going to be happening with Daniel Craig and they wanted to have an ending that could go either way, I think the ending makes sense to that of either this can be a send-off or it could be a delve into a, a direct sequel to this film or it could serve a lot of different purposes instead of being pushed into a corner of having to either change everything or make changes to your story so you can go with what this is saying. This leaves a lot of options going forward. That being said, though, I, I know that there is supposed to be another one of these films coming out pretty quickly, so they, they have to have an idea of what the story is going to be already and if Daniel Craig is coming back or if, not, even if we don't. If this is the end of Daniel Craig's tenure, this is one of the worst endings to like a, a, a film franchise, and I don't mean Bond as a whole, but of Daniel Craig's run, so to speak, that I've ever seen, because I don't understand why it completely rests the entire emotional catharsis of the, the ending on a character we've known for one hour total. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's what I don't get as far as there is nothing about Leia but there's, but there's no 
there's no character in the Bond franchise that you've known for longer than an hour. I mean, it's not right. Like so that's this... why I'm saying. So why did they make the decision to try and like? There what, is because his name is Bond. So why didn't yeah, we get? Why what, didn't we get a Bond centric ending mm-hmm. and not a Bond's love life centric? What other? Ending? What if if you want to have him riding off into the sunset with the female that he happens to be with at the time, which they do have in this film? I mean, there is really no other way you can do that in the Bond series, at least on uh, for most of the films. I mean, most of the films are one and done for both the villains and for the female leads. But here's what I mean. For a film that's so concerned with serialization and mm-hmm. tying back everything and calling back to other things. But you, can, you they, cannot have the characters come back because either they're dead or they are just extinct from the plot. No, I agree. I'm saying it makes no sense. It's like a cognitive dissonance to have a film that's in such a direct talk with this lineage. Uh, like I say, rests its complete ending on somebody we've only known for a half hour and who didn't make an impression. I don't think. But Leah so Sagan. does the rest of the series. That's the problem. Like the end of every series rests. Right, but that. like you said, like, they're standalone. But this movie tries not to be standalone. But it, but it, I don't know if it's standalone. We can't say if it's a standalone film or not because we don't really know what the future of the series. Three years from now, when we know what the next Bond film is, I feel like you can judge what the ending of this film is a lot better than that's you can a, right now. That's a really bad way to approach an ending then, to write an ending that you can't appreciate until five years later. <laughs> but when you're... No, I'm just saying like that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. When you are... I, I understand where they are coming from with this ending because this ending accomplishes a lot of possibilities in the future for the franchise. Man, that next movie better be dope as fuck it, in order to like make this one better in hindsight. It, 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 I mean, it accomplishes two things, and it's one or the other, really. It's either that this is the new James Bond's like wife, and not just like another Bond girl, like thing for another Daniel Craig story, or it just it just put a an end cap on his thing. But I don't see how it did a lot of different things. It literally no, did it, one it, thing. It gives them options going forward. You like, can... what are those options? That's what I don't get. Well, you can have Christoph Waltz in the next Bond film, or you cannot. You can have Leah Seydoux, or you cannot have her. I mean, just because he rides off with her at the end of this film doesn't mean she has to be in the next film, even if Daniel Craig is in it. Leah Seydoux went back to her home planet. If if Daniel Craig <laughs> is out of the series, then then even if you don't like it, which is totally fine, and you have to, and you think it's not a very good ending, I'm I, that's fully with you. But for me, and if I'm the studio and I'm thinking, what is the best ending we can have they can give us options going forward because honestly we have no fucking idea what the what we're going to do the next step in the series i think the ending of this film gives you that opening where you can go in different directions if that is the way you want to go that okay that makes sense but bond has never been about that as a franchise it's always been about these standalone adventures so i just feel like this approach of serialization which is completely embedded in its ending is so antithetical to what even makes Bond remotely But you enjoyable. say that, and in recent cases, that has not been the case. If you look at Quantum of Solace going is a direct sequel off of Casino Royale. Oh, look how bad it was. Agreed. Uh, this film yes. tries to integrate all of the previous Daniel Craig films, like goes out of its way to integrate all the previous I, Daniel Craig films. Out of yeah. its way, that's what it feels like. Because <laughs> exactly. like when, the more that I think about Spectre, the more it feels like the the Star Trek into darkness of Bond films and that it's trying to fabricate this, this illusion of, of having an, a, a whole plot yes. by, ca- by cannibalizing 
the plot of previous films. But to Nick's point... Within the Daniel Craig series and within like the earlier franchises. To Nick's point earlier, though, about other series and other... Like the Marvel series or even the Mission Impossible series, which where they go through and they are connected all together and they have characters that go throughout the series. I'm, I'm just thinking that it might be a possibility that... And the Daniel Craig one, who knows what's going to happen because he's either done or going to be done soon. So that ship has pretty much sailed. Before the next James Bond, and they're going to have their three, four, five film run, perhaps they're going to try to be more like those series. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I feel like perhaps this is the series, the James Bond series, towing the water and saying, can we do this and have the fan base not think this is shit? Well, if that was if that was the question they were asking, then my it's an emphatic no from me. And perhaps then right. that will be the but answer that they one, will get. Right. But when I, I just want to clarify when I said earlier that like I, the Bond films have never been about serialization, you answered well. Look at Quantum of Solace and Spectre. That answers my point, which is that only in the most recent incarnation and in two of those films, not even in both or not even in all four, it's not like they were weaving a story from Casino Royale to here. This film tries to pretend like it was, but it never was leading to that. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's um, one of the best things about Skyfall is even though there are little hints of the previous film sprinkled in, that's really all it should be in any of these films because right. they should be standalone films. And that's all that Bond films have ever tried to do as mm-hmm. far as like the, the most basic passing reference to like old characters and whatnot. So that's why I mean like as far as that's why I hated the ending because it was this current run of Bond films' worst tendencies on full display and overriding everything else that actually make it recognizable as good entertainment. Can we just put this on the table um, just to make sure it's said out loud like what was christoph waltz's like character's motivation for hating bond or what, trying to kill bond or because, or being the head of specter because when they were little they were childhood friends i guess okay uh, um because of their stepbrother connection yeah okay. and so and <laughs> i'm just trying to uh, be the writer here and so because james grew up to be a good person he had to grow up to be a bad person James isn't is, a good is, person no is that well, why because like he said something know. about genuinely he's like christoph waltz's character said something about it was like oh i had to treat him like a brother but you know what it's like when you put another bird in the nest and just like oh that's the whole reference to the whole cuckoo thing like it pushes the other <laughs> I, I they're so fucking un- so forgettable i don't no, give it, a fuck about it's not it forgettable it's just it, it they're not they're, another birds in the, the nest connection is so and, tenuous and, at best and, and then it, it pushes the other one out it's like okay so the whole backstory for this character is that like you thought like james bond thought that christoph waltz's character and his father were dead yeah yeah but but it turns out that christoph waltz's character killed his father and then went underground in order to found a organization directed for the sole purpose of fucking with bond's life those are two completely separate different things uh james bond having this past with a stepfather and stepbrother and Blofeld. Like, they, they, they doubled up two giant twists, and I say giant not just, because they landed giantly, but as far as, like, you know... That's uh, what they're meant to be. That's what they're meant to be. But they, they that both of them cancel each other out, because then it goes, so what the fuck is happening I, here? I don't... I'm not... I'm trying to follow the through line for why this guy has so much malice that he has pretty much been the 
maniacal puppet master behind three, no, four films worth of just fucking with Bond's life. It's just a rehash of Skyfall's twist and whatnot. And that's what that's 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 one of the things that I didn't like about this movie is that it thinks that it's not rehashing. It thinks that it's tying things together, it but it doesn't realize that as it's... soon as you stare at it for like five seconds. Yeah, but, but it also it's a, it doesn't realize how much it borrows from movies of its own series from, from uh, things from other movie franchises that have nothing to do with this. But like literally at one point they're they're talking about La America or whatever. The La American or whatever, and I remember I think Leia Sudu says it's not a person, it's a place, which is the exact line from Skyfall when they realize what Skyfall is. You know, it's like it's kind of like every <laughs> emotional beat of this movie has literally already been done in Skyfall, and to much better effect. So, what is the point of this one? Like, there so, isn't. So, anyway, Alex, why don't you go? Like officially on record, and I'm sorry that we hogged all this. No, but, that's fine. But, I've I've interjected some thoughts. Yeah, here and there. start praising this movie a little um, bit. Yeah, I, I I will say that um, I, I was kind of on the fence with my rating as I've been going back and forth, uh, and I initially gave it a, a higher, little bit higher rating, um, and I went with the higher rating because I was between two ratings, and I, I won't say what they are yet, but <clears throat> I was between and they're a half star difference, okay. and I went with the higher one initially. And uh, after a day, I've decided to go with the lower one. But I'm going to stay where I am okay. uh, because I didn't absolutely despise this film, as you guys uh, seem to have. As for me, at least, um, I enjoy uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond character. I have ever since the first film, um, even in Quantum of Souls, which is not a good film, I, I enjoyed watching his character just because I like Daniel Craig playing James Bond. I think he does a good job playing the character in a way that that not that he like personally wants character to play it but the way that they've decided to play that character with him I enjoy watching that I mean I, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of the other bonds too like I like Sean Connery and I like Pierce Brosnan for the most part what he was doing but I like Daniel Craig a lot I like what he's brought to the series and uh, he's obviously pretty much doing the same thing here for the most part. There are different things and uh, things that weren't as good. And uh, if you were going to stack this right up next to Skyfall, no, it is not as good of a film as Skyfall. But for me, I, I, I like him as a, as a character. I like him as James Bond. Um, I like a lot of the other people who are in this film, even if they weren't putting on great performances, because I don't think anyone could look at this film and think, man, there was just some good acting happening there. <laughs> Um, All across the board. Yeah. Uh, not not really, uh, but there were better spots than others. Uh, and for me, it, it's a James Bond movie. Like, I, I, I guess that's the thing, is that I hold this to a higher standard, because I, I, I hold films to a higher standard, because just saying... Oh, it's this that I. It shouldn't. We should. We you know. We should hold all films to a higher standard of being the best they can possibly be. I have done that previously on this podcast, saying I hold films it is, and I have to do the same thing with the James Bond series. But at the same time, I do like a lot of the things that they do in this series, and they did a lot of the same kind of things here. So I enjoyed a lot of things in this film. Uh, there were parts of this film that I thought were terrible. Uh, the Monica Bellucci storyline was an absolute fucking disaster. Storyline? Well, storyline. Storyline yeah, is, is charitable. It is a storyline because he's pretty much going and raping a widow who just went to her, her husband's funeral. I mean, let, let's let's just say what it is. Bond's he, really rapey. Yeah, he goes up and forces. I mean, he the, always has been. I yeah. know, but in that particular instance, that's exactly it's what is happening. It's not quite the. 
saying rape. I'm just saying I don't know if I want it because he technically consented to it mm-hmm. in a way that people like uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Pussy Galore in Goldfinger did not consent to right. the sex that he literally forces on her. So it's, uh, I, I'm just saying, I, I want to be on record as say I don't think that it was okay, quite that, rape. That, okay, and, and I, I will agree in terms he doesn't physically Only because I'm comparing her. it to a scene in which he Goldfinger, does, which when she keeps saying, no, 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 I'm a lesbian, no, 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 oh, your tongue, yes, I want it. Like, it's just... But however, but that's, for the most part, what is happening here with My her character. Just contorted into that the, like, Monica Bellucci's character is at her husband's funeral yeah. and as is we all know from wedding crashers grief is nature's most powerful damn you roger <laughs> so she's obviously horny and daniel craig knows this and he moves in for the kill and obviously goes right for it but what i'm saying though is that in, in all reality though he goes in and talks to her and after she says well i only have five minutes well let's have a drink then and she's saying all this thing about how he's going to pretty much have her be dead and all that thing. And he doesn't give a fuck. He wants the information. He wants to ban her and get the fuck out of there before she gets killed. Well, yeah. So it, you want to talk about rapey, though? It's, it's the exact same scenario. But in my opinion, it's much worse in Skyfall because that whole entire character named Severin, which comes from uh, the uh, the Marquis de Sade's uh, 120 Days of Sodom. Yeah. Um, he literally, he it's, yeah. He he listens to how she was a sex slave, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then later on, <laughs> twenty minutes later, he shows up on her boat unannounced and just walks into the shower with her. It's like, "Oh yep. yeah, I forgot." Mm-hmm. Remember that scene when she said that she was a sex slave? Like, I that's why I'm like I'm almost desensitized now after I've seen both the the rape and Goldfinger and him being able to charm the uh, the soap off of a uh, but that's the thing I, 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 I just I just imagine like Daniel Craig's like bond like sitting at that that bar with her and just like his his finger on his on his temple be like oh cool word okay you were a sex slave all right it's like well bang okay yes. yeah I mean it, honestly I guess it like turned him on because that's the only explanation of it. yeah it's really fucked up it, it's it's a not great part of the series and it keeps getting put into these films and <laughs> it is so... who, who knows when it's going to change because it honestly should but I don't know when it's going to I don't think so based on the ending yeah. um, and, and there were other things in this film obviously that I, I didn't love but there were other things that I, I really got behind like you said you did not really like Dave Bautista's character and I actually really thought he was great I enjoyed watching just a straight Bond henchman who's a big guy like just running around, uh, chasing after Bond. He doesn't have hardly any dialogue in the no. film other than be like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, and, just that one emotive line. Yeah. and I, Which, by the way, that kill was like, I'm not saying it was copied from it or directly lifted or anything like that, but in a year where we had Furious 7's Paul Walker do that as his final kill on screen to, uh, what's his name? Uh, was that Tony Jaa? Yes, Tony. Do that to Tony Jaa in the exact same manner, literally. Uh it was just kind of funny that what would have been probably my favorite action to scene of this movie is such a weird visual echo that I Simpsons I did it. Yeah. yeah. That but yeah. that, I mean, that scene was just, I really enjoyed how they went back and forth between the cars. It was not too long. It was not too short. It was a really good scene. And I, even though it was similar, I liked the way it ended because I thought it was cool. And that's just, I think that's the thing that I, I want to get to is that I, I liked a lot of things in this film. And I thought they were cool, and I think that is something that the Bond series has strived for many times. And they've tried to have things be interesting in in, in the films without 
necessarily the plot having to be great is there are so many parts of this film that I was just interested in and intrigued by. And I love the landscapes and I love the idea of the kind of chases that were happening. The, the car chase, I really enjoyed when the, the cars are driving up on the, and they're sideways and they're kind of dashing back and forth. I mean, I was, I was really all for that when the airplane is chasing the other cars and they have landing right in front of them and flying through the barn when and that, that shit's happen? exploding. Uh, in the snow? Oh, yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah, genuinely... Literally when the know. fuck no, did that like, and yeah, When did, was and there an airplane? Going back to that oh, yeah. explosion, which is one of the better on-screen explosions one, I can remember. During the chase or the one where they're standing no, no, the, at the, the compound? The one that they're standing okay. at the compound, which I was just sitting in the theater just blown away by how awesome that was. And that's Pun thing. intended? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it, it was. I, I, I meant to do that. I figured... And yeah, I again, I acknowledge that this the story has problems and I acknowledge that there are issues with the structure of the story and that it should have been better and in no way was it as good as Skyfall. That being said, for the most part, I enjoyed watching this film and I'd watch it again. And I, I want to agree with something you're saying, uh, theoretically at least, mm-hmm. and say that I agree that, from at least for me, if this is what you were saying, maybe it wasn't, but what I'm getting from what you were saying and what I want to say, to put on record because I am bashing this film, is yeah. that the allure of these films in general is the coolness of them, like the sleekness that sometimes it veers past cool and into offensiveness. But <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, you know, the the sheer, the shine of like, his actions and his quips and, you know, his action. I said action earlier, meaning like, you know, um, what he does. And yeah. now, now I meant action. Anyway, it's a tongue twister. I, I get you, man. Tongue twister. Stupid yeah. English language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like there's the shiny veneer of like a Bond film is what, uh, you know, draws you in. Mm-hmm. I, I think the reason why I'm bashing this particular film is that it did everything in its power to beer, to bury that coolness. Like, Skyfall is a very repressed and kind of dark, disturbing tale in, in the Bond over, so to speak. Uh, but yet it's still, you know, I mean, the fucking Shanghai scene, you know, like when when he's in the casino and, you know, mm-hmm. they, like those scenes, they're still... Yeah, and uh, like the, in with the house burning in the background at nighttime. At nighttime, yeah, yeah with the pond, like the frozen scene. over, like that's gorgeous. Uh, even the, the opening 15 minutes of Skyfall, which I still think is like the best action scene in like the past five years or something uh, where you know he's riding the motorbike on like fucking rooftops just, mm-hmm. just to get to land on a car and on a train I mean there's so much to it that's why I was a little I wasn't just underwhelmed but I'm like a little baffled when people were saying that like in reviews early reviews that somehow this that Spectre opened with like a bravura uh, opening scene that like rivaled all Bond films, and I'm like, holy did shit! You, did you not see is... the last Bond? Film? Yeah, I was like, this is like, yeah, I, I, I will, I will totally agree with you saying in terms of action. I think they were trying for something different. And ultimately, it did not work the way they intended it to. Well, people were saying, like, tense and thrilling. So, of oh. course, I was thinking, because a lot of Bond films actually do open up with Is their it? best set pieces when well, it comes to action. This film, for some reason, opened up with a four-and-a-half-minute tracking shot, which it was probably not necessary at all. No, I mean, it was... Uh, it. <laughs> It, it would have been cool if it would have kept going, but mm-hmm. like there's no you, you, there's no points for second place. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's just stupid, um, especially when it cuts the minute the tension starts. So yeah. it's like if you just built up tension or at least tried to, and then here's when the actual tension's going to start, and then now we're gonna cut. That's filmmaking 101. You, you just added nothing to your movie, Let, and you probably waste a lot of time doing that and setting that up. Let's grade this film for intent instead of execution. <laughs> um, but no, but I agree in the sense that like. 
the reason why no, I agree, but going back yeah. to what I was saying is the reason why I bashed this film is because I didn't get that typical James Bond okay. feeling because it tried so hard to make it more meaningful than James Bond films should ever attempt to try to be. So that's mostly why I bashed this film as far as like I get that this isn't that much different as far as like, yeah, Bond's on a train, Bond, you know, Bond's uh, – globe trotting now he's betting a woman like you know yes the elements are there but it is so far off of his orbit uh of what once made this this franchise watchable and of course the last film before this was great so i'm not saying off of his orbit and unable to get back but if they keep going down this direction I, i'm gonna lose well and I, I think this this gets into a, a bigger issue which is something i hit on before of that this series should and honestly like has to probably you know if it will remain a one one film uh, story like yeah. it should the story should always the point be to serve the purpose of that and have this overarching story that's sort of involved and loosely ties together and you have characters that are in all the year series but for the most part what they should do is follow a very similar format than what I'm, the mission impossible films I'm very, have done i'm very very scared that Daniel Craig's tenure as Bond was them experimenting with serialization, and therefore whoever the next, you know, whatever the next one starts up, like that'll be them trying to go full force into. But that's like, the, and that's the concern, and that's something that I would absolutely have no interest in seeing. No, because it's clear that they can't do it, even when they try to do it, like on a small. But you can't do it because you only have a limited time period with a character, anyways, and you have to have an origin story in the first film because there's always somewhat of a different origin story to James right. Bond, even if it's similar. Do we really though? Well, not yes. to mention, you always like an, have to, like an, like an on-screen origin because every story. James char- every James Bond character is different. I mean, Pierce Brosnan's James Bond was definitely, in my opinion, different than Daniel Craig's James Bond has been. Couldn't they just like draw around it without having to like illustrate it like in painstaking detail? The only real reason why Skyfall worked on a level in which it, uh, I would say, succeeded in looking at the past of James Bond, the character, the myth, the legend, the uh, the misogynist. Um, <laughs> The only reason why it worked on that level, because it normally shouldn't, is because it took one of the, I would say, defining characteristics of the Bond franchise and the character himself, which is that he's paper thin, basically. Like as far as a, you know, he's, it's a very, he's a caricature, so to speak. But it worked that to his advantage to explore his past as as this cipher to. To code, you know what I mean? Like it didn't actually give answers. It didn't say this person was behind all this pain or whatever or whatever. It it threw a lot of psychological tests at him and just let him bounce off of that and not give any reaction. So I, I like the idea that they used that kind of pencil thin characterization to its benefit in Skyfall because then they kind of went with the whole you know he's a cipher to be decoded kind of uh, route without actually trying to like explain James Bond. In this film, like when he when he's standing on the bridge uh, and he's literally has to look left and he can go with love look right and he can go with work um <laughs> when, when when it got to that and like i'm like is he gonna press a or b what are we gonna do here um when we got to that like that's the kind of character nuance that this film well this franchise uh so far at least can can never support whatsoever um like i don't care about the emotional beats of 
you know, long-standing uh, character drama with regards to the James Bond character. I, I'd rather it be something more like Skyfall, which is I don't want to talk about it kind of character development. So uh, that was another reason where I think Skyfall because they're doing similar things as far as trying to look back at James's past yeah. to inform the character of today, but. I, I don't think it worked in this one because it tried to actually define what was what's pretty much undefinable because they're just it's just barely there. An- nothing- another issue that I, I will say that I, I feel like the decision to have this be an overarching story in this particular film is that for the first time in seven films we have a different character playing M, and we're trying to also poke that into this story as well, which I feel like you have an issue with that because we don't really know anything about Ray Fiennes' M. We don't know if we're supposed to trust him. Is and we're he never a... really going to get to know him either. So that's why it's like... I disagree, though. I mean, okay. if he sticks around as long as Judy Dench is, you got to know her M character. She was a very different character of M than Ray Fiennes will be. That That is, I guess, it's, tr- it's true in the sense that I agree, but also, like, do you ever get to know anybody in the James Bond franchise well enough to... like? I agree with what you're saying, basically, about how, yes, like, you know, um, this film trying to split the difference between, you know, this ridiculous and completely overdone uh, surveillance is bad type uh, techno-punk story. It just keeps on coming up I know, over it does. and I mean, over It was again. in Furious 7, literally. That, like, that yeah. movie has, you know, ridiculous plotting, and yet that movie also did it. It was in Ghost, uh, not Ghost Protocol, uh, Rogue Nation, yeah. uh, Mission Impossible, which also... Was, the the reason why I'm going to compare them to it not simply because they're both espionage stories even though James Bond has never been true espionage it's always been just you can shoot his gun or his dick um, but the uh, when you look at the uh, the plot of Rogue Nation like you even literally have character stand-ins uh, in the story because at uh, Alec Baldwin's character is the same thing that Andrew Scott's character was in here which was uh, a third party brought in to try to shut down the program because of this new surveillance you know like it's so weirdly similar which that's the thing James Bond cannot tell an original story so stop trying to and just blow shit up and not yeah. 300 million dollars worth of one shot blow shit up like spread it around so that way I'm entertained throughout the entire film <laughs> I, I, I I cannot co-sign that that was where all the money went is on that one scene. well I'm not saying that's literally where all the money went but it, can we where say, else did it go because I don't see can that's we say a, but that that's the same problem of the, poor, of the no, budget I, went there I, th- I think we there are there is a much larger issue here with with I don't know what happened with it but this film being so shockingly over budget and you look at other films that have like let's look at I, I guess if you just want to pull the other famous film that's been way over budget from recent memory which was World War Z you, you you can point to reasons why. Yeah, because shooting. they went back and reshot the entire film on three separate occasions yeah. because they were like, holy shit, this is awful. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, Here they thought they got it right the first time. Yep. Well, we haven't gotten really a concrete answer of what the fuck happened. Where, where did, and I, maybe we won't ever because they already pretty much have hit the number of breaking even on this film. So uh, it's not going to be an issue that people are going to bring up of what the fuck happened. But it should be because... I want to know, like, there isn't anything in this film that really showed me of why this would be $150 million over budget. I guess that's also what I was talking about earlier when I said, where is the action? Like, I don't get, like, I honestly think that the opening 15 minutes of Skyfall, like, I I know nothing about movie budgeting, so I'm not trying to say Mm -hmm. this literally is, but just as a consumer who watches movies, I, like, I can't fathom how a movie 
the entire two and a half running hour of uh, running time of Spectre costs like costs more than the first the first fifteen minutes of Skyfall, which is like like crazy as far as incorporating motorbike stunts across cities, smashing into buildings. I mean, like, and I mean, not only I, that, but they, they had a lot of large set pieces right. in this and I would film, think that, and the, including uh, in this the film? yeah. I mean, the, to 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 pull off a campaign like the Day of the Dead scene, which really they shouldn't have had to do because I don't know why they felt the need to, but that is a large campaign to pull off that big of a scene happening at the same time. It, that kind of thing costs money. And, and I completely I, wasted it because I'm, yeah. <laughs> we just have to stare at a helicopter 50 feet in the air instead of actually like get to <laughs> but, but, a but, CGI helicopter. <laughs> But that's what yeah. I'm saying is they they went for a lot of physical effects in this film, which I, I get because that's the idea of we would like to see these big explosions. We want to see the real thing because it seeing the real thing is always better than seeing something that's been digitally created. But that cannot be where all the money went, right? Because I and also I never actually felt like I was watching practical stunts for the most part. Like when I was watching the car chase, and when I was watching, yeah. like, okay, sure, yeah, some of the exterior shots when you see the cars literally driving, like, uh, you know, on the side or whatever. But like so many times when he's like in the helicopter, I'm like, oh, that's a green screen behind him, or, you yeah, know, like, little, so it's kind of like in the same way that I don't have that feeling when I watch something like Furious 7 and I don't mean to bring up other action movies but I'm just comparing how certain you know other parties approach action like the the scenes uh, the set the the set piece in the middle of Furious 7 when they're on the mountainside like that is way more technically involved in my mind than anything that happens in Skyfall sure. or not Skyfall Spectre yeah. and so it's, I agree with you like where did this money go well, because what did they accomplish and, with it and even the the big scenes like and obviously yeah the CGI looks looks really good I thought I mean it, it doesn't look it, you look at other films now where you've got all this money being spent and it looks fucking terrible like London has fallen or Jupiter ascending we're like what the fuck London like, has fallen you mean Olympus has fallen no the, uh, the sequel oh, oh you are talking about London has fallen no, I thought you were yeah. like, like it, a movie the, you've the, seen the trailer for that yeah. played before this and boy that looks like a special kind of horrible it didn't play before mine that's too bad I'm it sorry it is too bad you missed out it's it's out there if you want to watch it <laughs> okay no. I'll be right back <laughs> The, the CGI in this film was really good. But again, the scenes that majorly featured it, I, it's not like it was an entire long, elongated, enormous landscape scene of it. They were small scenes that obviously cost money. But again, did this all really add up to being $150 million over budget? I don't think it should have. I, I don't know. I'd like to find out what happened. I want to know. I don't know. There, yeah, I, I'm with you. Okay. I uh, think studios should have to publicly disclose. If if, if <laughs> I, I work in a library, that's a government building, so we are under obligation to always uh, disclose our financial statements mm-hmm. to the public uh, upon request. And I think studios uh, should uh, do the same thing. On what basis, though? My basis. No, I mean like why? Like who are they beholden to? Me. Yeah, <laughs> not 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 because they should, because because <laughs> yeah. I want them to. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. I get. I understand. Yeah. No, but also because, like, seriously, if you're spending that much money, I I think anybody who spends over. <laughs> I just oh. like to. I just like to know where it went. I know. It's, <laughs> I would. I same here. I mean, I have a Wolf of Wall Street. I bet they Wolf. spent it on that meteorite. God. This is that was a genuine meteorite, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't think we need to get a real one. No, no. Call the National History Museum. We need one. I mean, I'm sure there was a conversation at some point where the execs were like, guys, where did this go? Actually, I do think I know where the money went, and it was probably in uh, uh, 
uh, you might find this hard to believe, okay. but I think it was in, um, you know, did you see when Bond woke up, uh, we got the, the lovely, and I actually do mean this because I thought it was fantastic, the lovely uh, appearance of Blofeld's cat. And I think that was the original cat used in the very first uh, Blofeld appearance uh, with the cat. And so I think the money was uh, maybe sent to, you know, like research and development and how to bring back the cat uh, to life and, and use it. Maybe they stuffed it. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, – I think that's where the money went. Puppeteering. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Does anybody have uh, anything else they would like to uh, – before we go to final thoughts and ratings that they want to discuss as a, as a crew? When did Skyfall come out? 2012. Took 2012. Three years to make this movie. Okay, three years. Okay, so I, actually, it did not take long I'm, to make I'm, this movie. Went into production yeah, like really, really late last year. I'm able to vividly recall and be able to talk about moments. I don't mean to keep on ragging about this, but I, I just it, it comes out of a reflection of how I feel about about Spectre. Like I'm able to vividly like think back on moments from a film that I've only seen once, mind you. I've only seen it once and there's still like set pieces and like like character beats and dialogue from Skyfall that I really fucking love and then I'm able to just like prowl it off just like just like that. And I have already forgotten almost a majority of Spectre at this point. It's 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 really disappointing. Did you know Christoph Waltz was in it? Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts, dude. Holy shit. Um and I, I just I hope they – better luck next time, I guess, for me. So there's always going to be Bond. So well, do you want to just go into your rating there, Tuzan, or did you have any other, other things? Yeah, I don't have any other thoughts. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. I'll give it a two. Um, you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Nick. Let's see here. Yeah, I, I did not like this movie uh, almost at all. Like obviously in certain aspects it was competent. <laughs> um, but – I can't enjoy this as an action film because I honestly kept asking, where's the action? Uh, like, yes, there was some, but uh, there was barely any. There was a uh, beginning, a middle, and perhaps an end. I can't enjoy this as, like, I would say a campy Bond, you know, escapade because, once again, this movie uh, takes the Daniel Craig uh, school of seriousness uh, and applies it to detrimental effect this time around. Um, I can't take this movie seriously as a standalone adventure either because the movie is not interested in doing that and yet I also can't take it seriously as a serialized uh, entry either because A, we were never leading up to this moment so it's not well supported by this revelation of this villain uh, making this proclamation and B, it also undercuts some of the better, like, like I honestly think that's that's a damaging effect that this is going to have, on my opinion, on the Daniel Craig Bond films, mm-hmm. is to be like, well, I guess Blofeld just told Mads Mikkelsen to go do that, or, you know, like, it just, it just makes the entire thing start to fall apart at the seams a little bit. Not literally in the sense that I'm ever going to be able to rewatch Casino Royale or something like that, because I am, and I like Casino Royale and Skyfall, but it it's going to be in the back of my mind now every time I watch the the movies that I even like. So that's just like the, the, that's the lasting effect that this movie has is it makes me think twice about the movies I love. So that's a scary thought. It, it uh, just makes me, you're, what you just said just makes me think of like a future Bond film, just like having Christoph Waltz and Javier Bardem in the same, in the same scene, like in a flashback scene, like showing how it happened, like, like saw. That's what I was trying to say. Like that's <laughs> like, the direction. So they're stupid. That's the direction, you know, like that they're, I literally want to see just like in uh, saw six where, uh, uh, Blofeld's going through that house that he set up or that compound he set up for James and just 
taping up the pictures and, and then like and and then we see like a character like uh from another movie like with him going oh you want me to help you tape that up here we yeah. go like see look they were in cahoots all along anyway yeah. i can't enjoy i can't <laughs> enjoy this movie as a visual feast the same way that uh i did in skyfall because that really upped my expectation as to who they would get to shoot their films from now on mm-hmm. maybe that was my fault <laughs> to get my expectations up but i was like wow we could do this in a in a blockbuster movie uh but it wasn't just so much that it wasn't on par with roger deacon's work it was actually uh unintentionally ugly because it was intentionally what it was but uh and i also just can't enjoy this movie as like entertaining like fodder because i feel like nobody on this set wanted to be there like this is from the writers to the actors uh, except for ben wishaw uh, which is then in turn makes his performance look embarrassing because like, he looks like the one that nobody told to calm down because nobody else is giving 110%. But um, there, this is a movie in which uh, M says the line, uh, uh, sometimes a license to kill is also a license not to kill. Like, that's this movie in a nutshell. That doesn't Completely make, that doesn't make any contradicting sense. itself and yet also, like Toussaint just said, not making any sense whatsoever, and yet thinking that the profundity is going to win over the audience somehow, and it it just baffles me that this is that this was a draft that got green lighted, <laughs> like it, this needed several rewrites, if not a complete overhaul. Uh, when it I comes mean, to when, the ending. when it comes to to that opinion, I think uh, this is what they decided to go with, and um, they needed to get the film out. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying, like I, I'm, I'm just saying. To, it's embarrassing that this got made. It doesn't no, matter it, why they made it. it, it it's just uh, it, it's it, yes. I mean th- that's it, my opinion. But the, I'm just the, saying the problem is is that if we're if we're talking about just films in general, this is becoming much more of a problem than it should be because we are forcing films out. Studios are forcing films out. How many times? Like recently and in the last like ten years, have 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 stories come out about films that got started production that didn't even have a finished script yet that it's just like doesn't matter we've got the franchise they're coming to see it and honestly the story doesn't matter we're we've got the money in the bank get it out because honestly we would like that money to come in our 2015 books i know and uh it's it's movies like this that make me worried about and i'm not, i know i've never been a big fan of it but like worried about like the future the future of star wars because you should be i know yeah if you're already green lighting <laughs> your next saga of films and not even like the same saga, but like these are the spinoffs. These are the main timeline, whatever. Like I just, we, we see right now why that's not a good idea. And yet you're going to do that to probably the most beloved film franchise of all time. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other tangent that we'll, people don't give a shit. They're still going to go see it. Well, they're still going to go see it. doesn't mean it's going to be good. Right. Uh, but so yes, in general, I, I give this one and a half stars out of five. I mean, I, it's not like it's like the worst movie I've ever seen, but mm-hmm. It, there were some ideas in this movie that had potential, but it squandered it at every single insistence that this story meant more than it did. So okay. I, I was not a fan, and it, it really disappointed me because I wanted to be after I yeah. after I liked Skyfall so much. So I think that's the other thing. If I if I didn't like Skyfall that much, uh, and then Sam Mendes came back, so yeah, that's another, I mean, another reason Sam Mendes came back. So I figured he was gonna you know rally the troops again. Uh, 
but he didn't, and that's too bad. And I feel like the fact that Bond also, or not Bond, but Spectre came out in November compared to all the other action movies that have come out uh, this past year between Furious 7, even Mad Max, a film that I'm not even that big of a fan of, uh, and Mission Impossible, like, it's, to to make this be the the last one out of all of them, it's just, it just pales in comparison to just being blockbuster entertainment. So it's sure. just, it, it didn't work for me on that level either. So now I'm done. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to to give this a, a, a three out of five. Uh, it's it's a high rating. Uh, it, I was originally going to give it a three and a half, and I was kind of going in between the two. And I'm I'm leaning more towards the three because uh, you know I, th- this film and sort of the idea behind this. Um, I I feel like what you're saying, Nick and Toussaint, your your points about that this film is trying to build this big universe and have things mean more than they were, even sort of retconning previous things and changing your opinion of previous films. It's doing something very similar to the film that came out earlier this year, which is one of the worst films I've ever seen, which was Terminator Genesis, which which tried to do this, and it honestly is is bringing the rest of the series down because of its doing that. And that was one of the worst films I've ever seen. And I, I guess that's the fundamental difference for me is that that film, nothing worked for me, and it did that too. So that's it was already bad, and then it brought itself down even more. Where this film, I enjoyed the film while I was sitting in the theater, and I, I enjoyed the story. It kept me engaged. And even though this overarching story is involved, really, uh, it doesn't get that involved until late in the film, and then you're kind of trying to play catch-up and figure out exactly... Uh, where the story is and where it's going as we, we have shadows of, of what the story is going to be early on. And then we get it involved more uh, later in the film. And for the most part, uh, it, that followed similar format, not w- the way the story was done, but not getting introduced to the villain late into the film. Skyfall did, which is a great film. We don't get introduced to the villain until more than halfway through the film. Um, but this film uh, I liked it while I was watching it, and I, I guess that is something that separates this from other films that are have followed a similar format that I haven't liked, is that I, I could sit down and watch this film and enjoy it. There were scenes that I liked, there were characters that I liked, there were you know good action scenes when they happened. I agree that there weren't as many, and yeah, they, they but I, I liked them when they were happening. I liked the helicopter scene, I really liked the ch- car chase scene, and I'm not a huge car chase fan. You guys just think I'm crazy, No, huh? I keep fucking looking because I can see his reflection in oh, the, So I keep well, trying to figure are... out what like, you're... I, I, th- I thought you guys were like looking at each no, other. No, no, like, like, I'm nah. trying to like pay attention to you. Oh, okay. And then I keep seeing your grin in the mirror, so I keep thinking you're like smiling at something, but you're just... Yeah, I'm just thinking about something. What is it? Oh, uh, nothing. I'm sorry. That, that, don't, mean... You have to answer yeah. now. So what, what if is it's it? so big that I can't not yeah. notice it in please. a reflection, you, you've interrupted the the podcast. Yeah, so please, please let us please let us and the audience know what you were thinking about. <laughs> oh, it's nothing. It's not. No, even, no, no. It's not even related to Spectre. No, good. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> please. Nah. No. No. This no. is like that. Uh, we have we have stopped the, the train. And elementary school and your we, teacher. We cannot restart it until you answer the question. What are you thinking about? Okay. It's really corny. Good. Good. Let's hear it. All right, so um, I'm just thinking about like what two of my best friends were doing because like they're married and I'm just like I haven't seen them in a while. It's just like oh man, they've been dating since like high school. It's like oh man, they really like made it work like through college. It's like oh man, it's so hard to do that. And I was like oh, 
That's awesome for them. I bet the listeners are going to love this. Yeah. There's no way this is getting taken out of the episode. I just want you to know that. Oh, that's okay. God. Just for just for future reference. I was just thinking about it. It's like, oh, man. This is, this is where this is going to be going. I you don't guys care. derail the episode. I don't care because I, I, did, I didn't bring, bring, bring light to it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So going back to what I was talking about, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't like where the idea of the series is possibly heading. But for this film, I could get on board with it. And even though it wasn't my favorite, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. And I'm going to stick with my three out of five and uh, acknowledge that there were some problems here. And I acknowledge that I want these series to stay. I want the series to say as standalone films and having little sprinkles in of a grand story because trying to make this a universe and a, a larger story is just leading down a bad path that is maybe going to be profitable and going to give you more money in the short term, but long-term sustainability, which 23 films is long-term sustainability. The next 23 I don't think that's a very sustainable model. <laughs> the next 23. Oh, boy. Sorry. No, no. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm, I'm just saying that's that's a thought. Yeah. That's, that's... It's, uh, it, it is a possibility. You know, I think, I think uh, they should approach the James Bond franchise the same way Richard Linklater approaches the before movies. You know, just uh, say you're not going to make a sequel. And then nine years later, decide, you know what? I actually have a good story I could write. Can't help, then... them, can't help themselves, man. There's too, much, there's too much money in it. The, the, yeah, then they spend it all. <laughs> Can't be that much if they're fucking spending three hundred million dollars on a on a movie that doesn't. I don't really like somebody was dipping into the petty cash. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it went, but hey, at least they are spending money. Not like other. There have been other series that have just been like, oh shit, this is a cash cow. We're making all this money. Let's keep our margin where it is and just keep pumping these things out. The Saw yeah, like series, when you, like when you learned. Well, not even that, but just when you learned like what Marvel paid Joss Whedon to direct the very first Avengers film. Like it's insane because he said he made more. There was an article that said that he made more money on his three fifteen-minute. Uh, episode miniseries Dr. Horrible <laughs> that was free on YouTube. Uh, he made more money on merchandise and whatnot and selling the Blu-ray than he did on just directing the fucking Avengers. But That's that, I mean, that, that gets to the, the, the grand scheme of it is these studios have set this up, especially now that they are in maybe with actors and other and directors and writers that they will now be getting ahead of it is because the studio had this gamed for a while as they knew, we're going to start these franchises. And we're going to, for the first however many films, we are going to sign these actors up and they are going to be fucked. Yeah. And they are going to have to be in our films and they are going to have to get paid. And yeah, it sounds good in theory because if you're Robert Downey Jr. and you haven't made that much money, hey, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to get Iron, I'm going to get paid $10 million to play Iron Man. That's he successfully like, coerced that franchise to basically revolve it around him too. Well, they are going to revolve around him because now they have to pay him that money. Well, yeah. But... Because he pretty much stonewalled them and said, I'm not coming back and you can replace me if you want to, but you're not going to be able to. Yeah. And they said, fuck, you're right. Here's the money. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> you are Instead, you are now going to be the star of the Captain America film because you're getting paid $70 million for that film. Captain America, the Tony Stark origin. Yeah, pretty so, much. It's yeah. pretty much what it's probably going to be. Yeah. They're going to get their money out, their money's worth out of him being in that film. Yeah. Different discussion for a different day, but brought it, up a lot of different films yeah, today. But you know what? But this it, it, it all relates together because this idea of these universes—it's all connected. 
<laughs> it's you know when thank it's you, a, thank it's, you, Steve. Yeah, you. I know, right? I was just about to go there. That's okay. That's okay. I beat you. It's you did. Right. You son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, I, th- this idea. I mean, this is not something new. We've had this discussions before, either on the show or off it. We're just talking about it in general. That franchises and this idea of just keep pumping out these films and keep the story related and it doesn't really matter as long as we have as many characters as possible and uh, we have as many movies as possible that people are going to go and they're going to go see it and it doesn't really matter and for the most part they've been proven right so far so for people who actually want to enjoy the films though and want to enjoy the stories it's it's not great but it is what it is. Well, it's... I mean, you know, what do you expected? <laughs> Fuck, man. It might be a good moment to end on. I don't know. Uh, I do what I can. Yeah, well, you do. And... Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> on our next uh, episode, we, we're going to be stepping away from the franchises on a, a very uh, a good standalone film. That... Well, you say that. But, well, first say it. So that I, I have... Uh, bit of trivia about it yeah well yeah uh a, a, a film that came out uh, years ago and is a, a interesting film to a review and that is planes trains and automobiles that's right and what i was gonna say is that a, the original plan that john hughes had for this movie was to actually branch off a cinematic universe there was going to be a standalone planes film a standalone trains film and a standalone automobiles film and it was all gonna start <laughs> with this oh my one god you can't even keep a straight yeah, face yeah this guy can't Thank, even do it. Uh, Thank you, Nick. I normally can. No, that, that, that was too. Sad. That was too ridiculous. Too many people died last year. <laughs> what? It's from Anchorman. Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brick, uh, why are you having your golf outing? No, too many people died last year. Oh, God, God bless that movie. No, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a, a interesting movie, and I think we're going to have a fun time talking about we it are. because... Uh, it's it's got a lot of really good comedy, but uh, like a lot of other John Hughes films, it it really uh, gets to a, a serious side, especially late in the film. And uh, we'll get more to that next week. And it is on Netflix, so if you would like would like to check it out before uh, we have the episode, and you would like to tell us your feelings about it too, you can always uh, email it to us or just listen to the episode. And on our website, we're actually going to have an official film tank poll, and you, the listener, can vote for planes. Oh God! Trains. Just stop. We're automobiles. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't so even. please vote. You know what's going to happen. You, you think I think it's a joke. We're going actually to going to get an email from someone saying, "Where was that fucking poll at?" No, I'm going to do it now. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, this show. Cuckoo. Yeah, seriously. Cuckoo. Yeah, let's 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 bring it to it. Bring it to a close. Uh, and tell everybody More jokes. <laughs> thank you for uh, listening to episode 39 of uh, Film Tank from Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Uh, we will catch up with you next time.